0: And a very good Friday evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again. The O oh, The Pain podcast. It is Friday. It is June 10th. It is 2022. The Joe Beningo Oh The Pain podcast is brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by KZ Sports Marketing, by Anita Discount Tire, and by the Blue Hill Golf Course in Pearl River, New York. Uh, what can you say? An absolute disgrace last night. Game five. The uh, Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Finals. The Rangers lose three to one to the hated Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they now trail the series three games to two as they go back for Game Six in Tampa. I, I just, uh, I, I just don't see how the Rangers are coming back to win this series. I, I don't see it. I just don't. Uh, I know that they've uh, they're five and zero so far this year in these elimination games. I know they won an elimination game six in Pittsburgh. I know they won, obviously, the Game 7 in Carolina. I just don't see how they're beating this team on the road. I, I don't see it. Um, you know, last night, they had many an opportunity last night, you know, especially in that third period. Our Rangers had that one nothing lead, kind of a weird goal by Ryan Lindgren to give him a one nothing lead there in the second period after a squall first period. The uh, Lightning came back with a similar type of goal, and I forget the guy who scored it, but he just kind of threw it in from way out. Very similar to the goal that Lindgren scored. That made it a 1-1 game. It stayed that way for a long time. And the Rangers had multiple, multiple opportunities in the third period to win this game. None bigger than Ryan Strom, who had a wide open net, a great setup from Andrew Kopp. Set him up right across the goal crease. He had a wide open net. Vasilesky was out of completely out of uh, position there. And Strom, I don't know if he fanned on it. Whatever he did, he missed the puck, could not put it in. That was huge. Not too far after that, Frank Vetrano had an excellent uh, chance on a wraparound from behind the net. He couldn't put it by Vasilevsky. And eventually, and you just knew it. I mean, the Rangers had so many damn chances to win this hockey game. You just knew it when they didn't score. That Tampa was going to throw some ugly, stupid shot up there, and it was going to find its way past Justerkin, and that's exactly what happened. I think it was Pilat. How much can't you stand that guy, Andre Pilat Ugh. I think it was Pilat that tipped in the goal with less than two minutes left in regulation. That turned out to be the game winner. They added an empty netter later. Who cares? I mean, what? Well, I just, just a brutal freaking loss last night. The Rangers won eight consecutive games in the playoffs at the Garden. They had the home ice advantage. You felt they had to win this game. I, I thought last night was a game they had to win if they're going to win this series. And now, you know, it looks like it's all going to go down in flames on Saturday night. Look, I mean, I would I would never count this team out. Like I said, we've seen them. They're 5-0 and so far this year in elimination games in the playoffs. You know, They won those two major games on the road, elimination games on the road in the first two rounds against Pittsburgh and Carolina. But this is a different team they're playing. This is a dynasty-type team. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, as much as you can't stand the Lightning, they're going for their third straight Stanley Cup. They've won 10 consecutive playoff series. They're loaded with these Hall of Famers from Vasilevsky to Victor Edmond to Nikita Kucherov, uh to Steven Stamkos. You go right out down the line with all these guys. Um, you know, you can't stand the Kochi to Cooper. Uh, you know, they're playing a different kind of team. And, you know... It, 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 the series really started to turn. I, I thought the series really started to turn actually late late in the game in game two. The Rangers wound up winning the game 3-2. But remember, Rangers kind of controlled that game. And then they pulled the goalie late with about four minutes left. They pulled Vasilevsky. And the, uh, the Lightning scored a goal to make it 3-2. And then you were hanging on by your fingernails. The Rangers did get out of there with the win. But you kind of felt at that point that there was some kind of a turn that things were kind of turning a little bit, uh, in the favor of Tampa Bay. And then obviously if you, you know, and that's me anyway, obviously you go to game three where the Rangers had that two nothing lead. They had the power play goals from Zibanejad and Kreider and then things all, you know, it all went to to hell after that. Not too long after that, Vic, uh, Victor uh, Jacob Truba took a big penalty. The, um, the Lightning scored to make it 2-1, Truba took another penalty, they tied the game at 2-2, and then a huge point in the game in game three, and we'll look back at this game three, if the Rangers do go on and lose this series, we're going to look at game three. Right after that, third period, the Rangers got that four-minute power play, and then Truba, who's really played great, I mean, I don't want to get on him, because he's been tremendous in the playoffs, you know, he took Sidney Crosby out in the first round, he took Jarvis out in the second round, he you know, uh, Domi as well, that big hit on him in the Carolina series. Truba's played really well, all the block shots, all the hits, all of that. But he takes that terrible penalty to negate that four-minute major power play that the Rangers were on in game three, and that was a killer. And eventually, Tampa Bay goes on and win it. They win that game late, very similar to last night. You know, they win the game with Palat scoring a game-winning goal with 41 seconds left. And that's pretty close to what happened in this game last night. You know, what can you say? Uh, Look, I don't want to bury him. It's hard for me to sit here as much as I have very little to no confidence that they're going to be able to win a game six in Tampa Saturday night. I have very, very little confidence that this is going to happen. Right. They've had all kinds of trouble scoring even strength goals last night. Maybe there should have been a couple more penalties called for the Rangers. There probably was. They only had one power play all night. They didn't score on it. Tampa Bay had a couple, and the two penalties that were called on the Rangers, even though Tampa Bay didn't score any power play goals either, the couple penalties they scored that they called on the Rangers last night were very questionable. You know, maybe penalties that they're not even calling, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But whatever. The Rangers killed those penalties off. Um I, I, you can't count this team out. They've showed so much resilience. Uh, we've talked about the five and zero in elimination games, but I, you know, I, I, I give them a very, I, I maybe, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. I said to myself, maybe I give them a ten percent chance to win on Saturday night. I'll say twenty. You know, Shostakin has still played great, even though even yesterday, let's be honest, in the first period yesterday, even though it was scoreless, there were two shots that beat Shostakin and hit the post. There were two. All right, they, they came that close, Tampa. They're having a 2-0 lead in the first period. So, uh, look, it just seems to me there's been too much time spent in front of Shosturkin by the, by, the uh, by Tampa, too much time in the Rangers' zone. Uh, like I said, the Rangers had their opportunities last night, multiple opportunities all night long, especially in that third period. The play with Strom, vitrano we go right on down the line. They just couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it done. And, look, Again, I don't want to bury them. Uh, This team has shown too much grit, too much resilience, too much ability to win. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe they need to have their backs against the wall because let's, so far in these playoffs, <laughs> they have played their absolute best hockey when their backs have been against the wall. When they were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh, when they were down 2-0 to Carolina, you know, when they had to go into Carolina for a seventh game when Carolina never would lose at home. So... You know, you really don't want to count them out at all. They've showed so much grit, so much toughness, all it is. But you can't feel good about it. You just can't feel good about it. And and this is a different, a different animal that they're playing in these Tampa Bay Lightning. Like I said, this is a team that is looking to win their third consecutive Stanley Cup. If I'm not mistaken, I think only the Islanders of the 80s that won four in a row from 80 to 83 and then, of course, went to the finals again in 84 before they finally lost to the uh, the next up-and-coming dynasty, the Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Edmonton Oilers, right? And I believe the um, the Canadians that won four in a row in the 70s from 1976 to 79, I think outside of that, I don't think anybody else has, got, has won three consecutive Stanley Cups. I mean, maybe going way back in the old days, I don't know. But I think that's it. I just think it's the Canadians who won four in a row in the 70s, the Islanders, who won four in a row in the '80s, I don't think anybody else has done has even won three in a row. So that's what Tampa Bay is trying to accomplish here. But look, uh, it's been a phenomenal run so far for this team. They're the youngest team in hockey, I believe. Their average age is under 27 years old. You've gotten all this great play from the young guys. You know the kid line with Heedle, with Lafreniere, uh, Lafreniere, however you say his name, Lafreniere. With Capo Caco, all those guys, Keandre Miller—he's only 22. How good has he been in the playoffs on defense? All these young dudes, even Adam Fox is only 24 years old. Shosturkin is 26. You know, there's still a very—they're a very young team. You would think the future, <coughs> excuse me, is bright for this Ranger team. You would think it's a very, very bright future for them, no question about that. But you know, it's tough. You know, when you get this close. You know, you never know when you're going to get this close again. You know, and we saw the Ranger team in in the uh, two in the Henrik we'll call it the Henrik Lundqvist era that made all those deep runs. You know, they got to the conference finals in 2012 and they lost to the Devils. Um, they got to the uh, Stanley Cup finals in 2014. They lost to, to the Kings. They got to the conference final again in 2015. They lost to the Lightning back then. In fact, the Lightning are the only team ever to beat the Rangers in a Game 7 at the Garden. Uh, They did it in that 2015 Eastern Conference Finals. So we remember those runs with Lundquist. And maybe this is similar, but this team needs to win one. (laughs) They're a young team. They haven't won the Stanley Cup in 28 years. You know, they won all those years, 54 years, without winning a Cup. Well, now it's 28 since they won it. I mean, it's not exactly like they won last week. So... We'll see what happens. They need all the big guys need to come up big, and they really have. And Artemi Panarin played better last night, but still, you know, he hasn't done much in the playoffs. Outside of the game winner in in overtime in the Pittsburgh series in Game 7 and a very meaningless power play goal he scored late uh, in Game 4 in Tampa, Panarin's done very, very little. Kreider hasn't done much in this series. He had the big game seven against Carolina. He's really done little since then. He did have that power play goal in game three. They gave him the 2-0 lead. Same thing with Zibanejad. Zibanejad. They These guys all got to come up big. The big guys got to come up big. The kid line, everybody. But they all have to come up big in this game six to get this series uh, back to Madison Square Garden for a game seven Need a monster game out of Shusterkin, who's played very, very well overall. Like I said, those two goals last night, they were just kind of fluke goals, but you knew it. You just had that feeling that they were not going to win this game. They had so many opportunities, and it just it played out the kind of the way you felt it was going to play out, that Tampa was going to throw one up there, It was going to go in, and that was going to be it, and that's what happened. So we'll see what happens. Uh, huge, monstrous, game six, everything on the line. The Rangers will face elimination for the sixth time in these playoffs, and we'll see if they can do something that looks almost impossible, and that's beat this Tampa Bay defending champion lightning team in a game six Saturday night to get back to what would be game seven on Tuesday at the Garden. You know, you wonder one other thing you you, you concern yourself here with the Rangers too is the fact that they played so many games. I mean, this last night was what, their twentieth, 19th or 20th playoff game so far? Let's see, 7, 7, and 5. So they played 19 playoff games. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm disgusted from this game last night that I'm coughing and this <laughs> and that. There's nonsense outside with my parking lot here at our place. I, all, uh, I'm all aggravated, you know? The whole nonsense with the January 6th crap last night. Hey, uh, anyway, so I'm very – I've been am I'm aggravated. I can't – you know, what can you say? But. Anyway, they have played now 19 playoff games over the last 38 days. They've played every other night for a little over a month now. For 5 weeks they played every other night, and they're going to do it again. It's going to be their 20th playoff game coming up Saturday night. Basically 20 playoff games in 40 days. And you kind of wonder if that's caught up to this team. You know, you want I don't know. I don't know. You know, we all talked about the rest. Was that going to be a big deal? Was it going to help Tampa that they didn't play after their sweep in the second round of Florida and that the Rangers had played seven, you know, very tough games with Carolina? Well, it looked like it benefited the Rangers when they had the 2-0 lead. Now it looks like it's gone the other way. So we'll see what happens. Huge game six. Uh, we'll see. Like I said, I would never count this Ranger team out. But I will be very, very surprised if uh, we wake up Sunday morning and we're talking about excuse me, a Game 7 coming up uh, next Tuesday at the Garden. All right, Joe Beningo with the Oh The Pain podcast. We'll get to the baseball. We'll get to a little bit with the golf stuff as well, with this whole Saudi Arabia League and all that stuff with that. But let's get some of our sponsors in here. We'll start with the great Hackensack Brewing Company, Mike Jones, TJ, uh, everybody there, Herb, Andre, my, my son-in-law, everybody. Um, we're going to re- resume doing our... Live podcast from the Hackensack Brewing Company. We'll resume that in July. And you know the deal. 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack. Check out the tap room. Open from 4.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, 2 to 10. Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday. uh, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. As I mentioned, go and see all my buddies from Mike Jones on down. Herb, TJ, everybody. Andre, go see everybody down there. And um, tell them. Benigno sent you the great Hackensack Brewing Company. And my buddy Kenny Zor, KZ Sports Marketing. Uh, all the good stuff he does for me. He helped me book guests here. We had that great interview last week or this or uh, this past Monday with Coach Mike Westhoff. We'll be having more coming down. Uh, Kenny, tremendous guy. If you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, could be a charity function, corporate golf outing, in-store autograph appearance. Give my very good buddy, the great Kenny Zor from KZ Sports Marketing a call. You can call him or text him directly right on his cell phone, 516-996-7616. Simply visit kzsportsmarketing.com. Check it out. I'll be talking to Kenny uh, later on this morning. I I, want to talk a little bit about this golf league that has really become very controversial. This LIV, whatever they call it. I guess it's for 54, right? The LIV. And I think it's because of the Roman numeral, whatever number that is. I don't even know. Who knows? 54, I guess it is. 54, like how many years it took the Rangers to win a cup from 1940 to 1994 or 54? Because that's how many years now it's been since the Jets have been in the Super Bowl, and that's 54 years. So that's 54. I thought that's the reason that they're using that, but whatever. But it's become very, very controversial. Uh, Dustin Johnson took $125 million to go play in this uh, in this league. Phil Mickelson took $200 million. You know, you have so many other guys that are you know, that are going to this L.I.V., the live, whatever it is. Sergio Garcia, uh, Taylor Gooch, Graham McDowell, Patrick Reed. <laughs> we could go on and on. I could. I'm, I apologize for all this coughing I'm doing here today, but it's what happens when you get old. You know, when you're when you're a relative, when you're slipping into darkness, as War once said. But you know, what can you do? It is what it is. But uh, you know. People have asked me, am I bothered by it? We know the kind of a country Saudi Arabia is, and I get it, and all of that. You know, I get it, okay? But if somebody – and I know, I understand these guys have a lot of money. I know Phil's had his issues with gambling, but these guys have a lot of money. I mean, you would think Dustin Johnson's got plenty of freaking money, right? But if somebody comes up to you and says he has 125 freaking million dollars to go play in your league, you're going to have a hard time turning that down. I don't care who the hell you are. I don't care if you're Elon Musk, okay? I mean, I, you know, Jeff Bezos, twenty twenty-five million, you're gonna have a hard time turning that jack down. So, I don't have a real problem with it. I've had my issues with the PGA as much as I love golf. You know, PGA, you know, they're a little, to say they're a little stuffy is being kind, okay? <laughs> These guys are still gonna get to p- uh, play in the U.S. Open, which I guess really is not really sanctioned by the by the PGA, but whatever. They're going to be playing in the U.S. Open next week at Brookline up in, near my favorite city in Boston. Bah, go park the car. Okay. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so they're going to, you know, DJ's going to be there. Phil's going to play. They're all going to be playing at the U.S. Open next week. I'm sure they're all going to be playing in the Open Championship at St. Andrews in July. No Tiger. No Tiger here at the U.S. Open, which I'm not surprised. You know, uh, he had a hard time, even, you know, I mean, he didn't finish the PGA. He had a hard time there. He's had a hard time walking, even though, you know, he's had some decent rounds. He had he had two really good rounds to start the Masters, and I think it all kind of caught up to him after that. But I don't have a great problem. I mean, it's a lot of money to turn down. And you could say whatever you want about Saudi Arabia. Um, it's a lot of money to turn down. And I think what will happen is eventually uh, the PGA will let these guys play in their events anyway. It's not that many tournaments. I think it's only six or seven tournaments. I know there's one this weekend in London, and I guess these guys are all playing over there this week. The the tournament uh, in, in North America is the Canadian Open, which is going on uh, right now. I forget who had the lead in that, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. They're only going into the second round. Today, I have Justin Rose. I think he was two under, five shots off the lead after yesterday, but uh, with, with this stupid uh, uh, pool that I'm in. I actually had a winner a couple of weeks ago with Sam Burns. Every now and then, you know, the blind blind squirrel finds the acorn. But, um, nevertheless, they do have a tournament this week in London and uh, those guys are playing there. And and I think they're going to have like five tournaments in the United States. So it's not like everything is going to be overseas. I mean, you are going to be at playing, uh, certain tournaments here. So we'll see. I, I do think eventually the PGA is going to, going to relent and let these guys back and play on the tour as well as play on the one in Saudi Arabia. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but. <laughs> like I said, I have a very hard time uh, getting on these guys when you're talking about, you know, $125, 200000000 million. And these guys, this is what Saudi Arabia is offering these guys. So uh, we'll see what happens from here on in. But I am looking forward to the U.S. Open next week. And just to give you a little heads up, I like Scotty Scheffler. I like Will Zalatoris. I like Sam Burns. I like Cameron Smith, for those who care, in the U.S. Open next week. All right, Beningo with the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, as far as the baseball is concerned, Mets right now in the middle of that uh 10-game West Coast trip, they're 3 and 4 so far. They got beat up pretty good, two games in a row by the Padres. They're 38 and 21 now as they get ready to play the Anaheim California LA Angels uh starting tonight in Anaheim. How about how about the fact that Noah Syndergaard is, you know, please don't get me going. Is not going to pitch. He was supposed to pitch Sunday night. I guess they're on Sunday Sunday night baseball on ESPN. Please, we need Sunday night baseball, right? Whatever. But I guess he was supposed to pitch Sunday night against the Mets on ESPN Sunday night baseball. Now he's not going to do it. Now he's going to. They're holding him back till Tuesday. Why? Why? You know, Syndergaard had a lot of things to say about the Mets organization when he left. Right? Took a lot of shots at him and all of that. How about? So now you're crapping out? You don't want to pitch against your old team? Why? Why, Noah? And I understand the Angels have had their problems. They lost 12 in a row, 13 in a row. They fired Joe Madden, the manager, and all of that. I mean, come on. Well, What is that nonsense that they want to hold them back giving a, a couple of days' extra rest? That's garbage. You don't want to pitch against the Mets. That's the bottom line. But the Mets need to go with the Anaheim and at least get two. If they win two out of three in Anaheim, that you know it's a five-and-five five West Coast trip. And I would, you know, I think we all would have signed for that. Five and five in the West Coast. They split the four with the Dodgers. All right, they lost two out of three to San Diego. The pitching got lit up pretty bad. Chris Bassett got hit very hard uh, in the uh, game. Uh, the game the other night, the Jerickson profile really killed them in this series. But look, they're seventeen games over five hundred. Still got a seven and a half, eight game lead. Even though the Phillies and the Braves seem to win every day now, the Phillies. I don't think they've lost since they fired Joe Girardi. But, you know, still the Mets have a nice lead. My bigger concern is Pete Alonzo, who got hit in the hand the other night. The Mets have been hit like 40 times already so far this year. How many games have they played? They're 38 and 21. So they played 59 games, and they've had like 40 or 41 guys hit by pitches already. And Pete Alonzo has been hit seven times. The one guy the Mets cannot afford to lose. You know, they've been able to, to hang in there without Scherzer. They've been able to hang in there without DeGrom like, like he's ever going to pitch again. We'll see. I, like I continue to say, Scherzer will be back before DeGrom. You can take it to the bank, right? The one guy the Mets cannot lose is Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo is the heart and soul of this baseball team. He's their best player. He's their one real slugger that they have. 16 homers. He leads the major leagues or at least leads the National League with 54 RBIs. He's having a tremendous year. He is the one player they cannot live without. They cannot live without him. Forget Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor, he's having a good year. He's got 45 RBIs. You know, a lot of that to me is that he's hitting in front of Alonzo. That's a big part of it. And I can't ca- – I, I got more confidence, and he's hurt too now. Hopefully, we'll get Starling Monte back very soon. He's got that groin or whatever the injury he had sliding into – uh, second base on an attempted at steal the other day in San Diego. I got more confidence installing Marte carrying the team than I do Francisco Lindor. The bottom line on the Mets is the one guy they cannot live without is Pete Alonso. Now the X-rays were negative on his hand. Looks like he's going to be okay. He's day to day. I don't know if he's going to play tonight in, in Anaheim or not. We'll see. J.D. Davis has been playing first base. I don't know. But he is the most valuable player on his team. He will eventually go down as the greatest everyday position player in the history of the franchise. It's not even debatable. It's going to be him. So, you know, they, they've been all right without Scherza. They've certainly been all right without DeGrom. The they've had other guys that have been, you know, been injured here and there. Like I said, Marte, uh with the injury now. But the one guy they can absolutely not live without, is Pete Alonzo. And I don't know what's going on with the Mets getting hit, but there's going to there's gonna be a, uh, a reckoning with this before the year's over. There's going to be a major issue with this as far as I'm concerned. It's a joke how many times they've got hit so far this year. They lead Major League Baseball <laughs> by a wide margin. All right. Let me get a couple more of my uh, my sponsors in here and need a discount tire. You know them, of course. My son, Johnny, his boss, Harry, Westwood Avenue, Rivervale, New Jersey. We're going to be – all your tire needs, all the, every everything you need done on your car, go see them, tell them Beningo sent you. Remember, we're going to be doing a special podcast from the tires sometime <laughs> in July. I'm not sure what yeah, yeah, – I can't talk. I'm not sure yet when it's going to be. It's going to be on a Saturday at some point in July. Uh, We will let you know when that's going to be. But um, uh, check it out. Check out Anita Tire. Tell them that uh, Benigno sent you. And, of course, the Blue Hill Golf Course, having a very hard time getting tee times there. It's been difficult. It's not been easy. But go check them out. Go see Big Mike. Go see AJ. Go see Chase. Uh, They got three nines over there, 27 holes. Terrific golf course. You know the deal. Pines, Woodlands, Lakeside, all of that. Uh, they got the great pro shop. They got a great shop. They can buy anything you want, anything, clothes, clubs, uh, bags, shoes, whatever you want. You get everything there, balls, everything at their pro shop. It's the best pro shop this side of the PGA store. They're going to have the simulators in there coming soon uh, where you can work on your game. So go check it out. Tell them Beningo sent you the Blue Hill Golf Course in Pearl River, New York. Lastly, before we go, um, the Yankees—they wound up winning two out of three against the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. They continue to roll. How about how about Garrett Cole though, last night? Garrett Cole gave up five freaking home runs in what was it, two and a third innings yesterday? Even though the Yankees came back to win the game, five? What? He gave up back to back to back home runs. How about that? I tell you, it's really funny. I know Nesta Cortez got lit up by the Twins the other night in the game they lost in Minnesota. But it's really funny. Like, you look at the Yankees starting rotation, which has been phenomenal, and really their worst start has been Cole, right? Cortez has been tremendous. Jamison tyon has been tremendous. Montgomery's pitched really, really well. Severino, it's like the worst guy out there, has been Garrett Cole. Five home runs in less than three innings? Wow. That's unbelievable. And I, and I understand a Yankee fan doesn't really give a damn what he does in June. I mean, the Yankees got a big lead. You know, they're on their way to running away with their division. I know Tampa is always going to be right around it. You know, the Red Sox have played better and all of that. They've been a disappointment so far. The Yankees are going to win that division. But that it's all about, you know, winning the World Series for the Yankees. So we'll see what Garrett Cole does in October. But you can't feel great. <laughs> you can't feel great when your ace goes out there Terrible. When your ace goes out there, it gives up five home runs in less than two innings. So whatever. As I uh continue to just uh fall apart here, unbelievable. I really am. I mean, it's just you know, you get old and these things happen, right? I- I'm telling you, man, just you just don't you don't want to get old. I know the alternative. Look, here's the thing I always say about getting old. People say, Well, yeah, but I mean, what's you know, what's the alternative? Well, nobody's come back. Think about this nobody's come back to tell us about if it's good or bad, right? I mean, I do not see anybody come back and say, hey, you know what, when it's all, well, when you're dead, it's going to be the I don't, Who knows? Maybe it's going to be the greatest thing it could be. Maybe you want to be dead. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, 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 it's tough. Get, you know, as, as the great Mick Jagger once said, okay, the great Mick, say whatever you want. Mick's one of the greats of all time. There's no question about it. Mick once said, what a drag it is, getting old. And boy, you know, as you go running for the shelter of your mother's little helper, right? Right? Exactly? Okay. Well, I don't know if my mother had any little helpers, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe I was one of those. <laughs> oh, what a disaster. All right, we're almost done here. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully, when. We open the show on Monday. We'll be talking about a Game 7 with the Rangers and the Lightning. I'm not confident that's going to be happening. Everybody have a great weekend. God bless. All the love. We will talk to you on Friday. On Monday. Oh, Monday. As my wife reminds me, we'll talk to you on Monday.